Powered Hour. On this week's show, we're joined live from the end of the Rebel Rally by Jenna and Eliza to recap the event and talk about all the crazy goings on of little dots moving around screens and actual people driving around the dunes. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the analog speedometer to Steven's digital readout. I'm the wobbly needle of podcasting. I guess. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike and Jenna and Liza, we are we are live. Uh, we're back. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, you're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> you're alive. We survived. Yeah, and we are live with you here in Palm Springs after the uh, 2022 Rebel uh, Rally. So first of all, congratulations. Woo-hoo. You made it. You did it. It's absolutely incredible. The uh, our, our little corner of the internet could <laughs> not be more thrilled with, uh, <laughs> with how well you guys did. And uh, we have all been captivated for the last uh, two weeks. And uh, it's also a fun like reverse engineering of like, why aren't they moving anymore? Or why did their dot move left instead of right? Or like, why is this and at one point, uh, uh, you know, some folks were corresponding over Instagram about like, didn't they hear me screaming? Turn left, turn left. <laughs> so I think uh, I think we were all uh, very engaged and we all had a great time uh, over the last uh, week or so watching little dots moving around on the well, screen. Well, we had no idea, but we felt your love and support anyways. <laughs> we would just occasionally get a little tickle back here that would be like, oh, somebody on Instagram thinks that we're doing well. Yeah, thinks we should have turned left. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I was definitely following it a couple of days an unhealthy amount i was yeah. uh, checking in every you know we 15 or 20 minutes and i was like laughed a lot about <laughs> speculating about the text messages going back going back and forth oh yeah thinking yeah. what, what are the boys playing right them? now they're they must be freaking out they must yeah. be thinking this they must be wondering oh, about if they this. this thing about us working on the car on the live show they're probably in a panic about what broke you know? exactly yeah. and i i even told the live show people like my husband is gonna see this and he's gonna be Oh crap! We should have rebuilt this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start at the at the very beginning. So uh, obviously, A very good place to when start. we last chatted. Yeah. Before last night, you guys were with our good friend Steve mm, up, in, up in Reno. Steve Francis's place yeah. up in Reno, keeping him from apparently writing a very important grant. So <laughs> uh, Steve, unfortunately, we were a welcome uh, distraction. Yeah, Steve, unfortunately, now will be destitute uh, <laughs> because of uh, his inability to work because you guys were there. But you you left Steve uh, <laughs> and you got to tech inspection. We met some of your new friends yep. and Reggie and the other classic defender who we spent time with last night and was absolutely fabulous. We're going to have them on the show in a, in a more uh, substantial way in the near future. Uh, and uh, some of your other uh, friends uh, as well. Uh, but then uh, you guys needed to seal up your devices uh, in a, uh, you know, in a, in a little cubby uh, box, a little pelican case, and head off uh, into the world to find uh, fortune and favor. Um, and I imagine it is that, is that part of the movie where, like, they seal the door to the Apollo capsule 
And like, we're no longer outside anymore. Uh, we're now inside looking at the guy in the white gloves waving through the window. Right. And so what was that first minutes, first day without your devices and really being on the event uh, in, in a proper fashion? What was that like? Well, it was interesting because we didn't lock up our phones as early as we thought, but we did en route to base camp one. We did lose cell phone reception. Right. So at that might decide to stop paying attention to it. Right. And and to be fair, we also gave you guys a quick call or text message to say that we were headed to the dark side and that we wouldn't, you know, we would lose radio communication shortly. But um, we headed out. Our, our first transit to base camp one was a really long one. I mean, it was four and a half hours. Um, and, you know, started to kind of get us in the field. We convoyed with the other classic defender. Um, and we get out to base camp one and it was very remote near Belmont, Nevada. And, you know, it was so lovely to roll in, unpack our tents, get set up. We were there for three nights. So we had time to, you know, kind of get settled and have dinner with all the rest of the competitors and a welcome speech from Emily and all of that. Um, it was really uh kind of a lovely start to the whole event it wasn't super stressful yet it was really social and friendly and um and no cell phone service but we still had our cell phones for a little bit longer so lots of photo taking and things like that and then the next morning we got up there was like a briefing um a bit of an explanation of what was going to happen and then they sent us out on our first enduro and then on to our first um checkpoint collecting afternoon and it ended in this ghost town of belmont nevada that has a population of eight and nice. we had drinks with our friends at what was it called dirty dick saloon yeah the dirty dick yes. saloon. dirty dicks yeah dirty dick. yeah. yeah yeah that was on the uh that was on the line i bet it was yeah. what did that guy say <laughs> you can't throw a dead chicken around here without hitting somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Beatty sat down, I think, with that with guy. That, it was a lot. I show. can't wait to go back and, and watch man, that. it was yeah. This is some weird characters. I mean, you're in a town of eight people. You're gonna you're gonna get some real characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of the desert Jawas out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some tusks. Those creators. people live there for a reason. Yeah. That's right, exactly. Yeah, they can't live in normal society. Yeah, it's usually court ordered. That, the race, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's no, right. it was charming, and it was a ghost town, and there were lots of cool, like old buildings, like ruined, like ruins of buildings, and some buildings that they had kind of restored or kept up better. But they actually had a little walking tour, a little little flyer, a little brochure with the walking walking oh, tour. Nice. It was cute. Oh, it's really cute. Nice. Yeah, it was really cute. So day zero, yeah, stage zero, yeah. if you will is sort of marketed as a, as just prologue, uh, a prologue, a getting to know it day. Um, so how did you, how did you do on the day? What did you, Not bad. what did you feel like? Not bad. We, um, the, it started with a timed enduro. So for anybody listening that doesn't know the difference, the majority of the Rebel Rally were collecting checkpoints. Right. We get GPS coordinates. We look at it on a map. We plan our route. We go out and we hunt down these checkpoints kind of a tiny tiny little bit like paper-based geocaching yeah actually very similar in that respect and we have to do them in order and there are different difficulty levels the green no little prizes no little box but flags or poles sometimes um but not always not always not always um and so uh, i would say about 80 percent of what we did out there for for the 10 days was checkpoint collecting 
But the rest of the time we do something called enduros and there are timed enduros, there are on route enduros. The whole thing started with a timed enduro, which is probably the most stressful way to start the rebellion. Yep. It's probably the most stressful part, yeah, like activity that you by do part. in the rally. Right. It's just like fast paced and just pure chaos. Look at times. It is. So we decided um, at the recommendation of a lot of other teams that I would drive the timed enduros and Jenna would do all of the required math that would be required. um, And she would do all the road book reading for the timed enduros. For everything else I navigated, Jenna drove. Thank God, because she's a way better driver than I am. Um, but, uh, But for these timed enduros, Jenna would do the math while I was plotting. And that was how we divided the labor. And the first enduro was absolutely disastrous. Chaos. Right. Just chaos. And that's an FIA style, average time speed sort of gated enduro mm-hmm. rally, sort of like you would see uh, Dakar or something like that. The traditional, traditional off-pavement rally. Mm-hmm. And uh, that first one was a nightmare. It was, um, it was faster the average speed was too fast for the conditions and our vehicle. Mm-hmm. Maybe by day eight we could have we could have done a little bit better on that one, but certainly on day zero there was. Uh, and you that have was a as good as we could do. You have like an FIA style roadbook with two lifts and the whole deal. the whole thing. And yeah. Yep. And uh, and you know you're you're learning how to rebel. You're doing this for the very first time as a rookie team, right? Yeah. And you're kind of being thrown to the wolves. And they put all the rookies at the end, or most of them, so that we would have more time to plot. And most of the experienced teams went first. Some of them did great on that first enduro, but that first enduro was kind of nail-biting. So, so you guys you guys did the uh, the training session, the yeah. you know, previous to this. Uh, what do you feel like you were unprepared for that the training session didn't cover? It's not that we weren't prepared. It was that we were under-rehearsed. I see. And that terrain, the requirements of that particular enduro for that terrain, for our vehicle, were not necessarily really well-suited. The average speed was 50 kilometers an hour. Yeah. But lots and lots of scrabbly uphills with a lot of loose gravel and, and rocks. And then coming, so you'd lose speed going up. Right. We we would drop down to 25 or 30 kilometers an hour because we're climbing hills. And then we couldn't maintain a fast enough speed to make up for the right. speed we had lost going up right. on the way down because it was too twisty and windy. And so um, there were a couple of moments where it felt a little dangerous and we um, decided to dial it back and just not care whether we scored any points in the timed sections and better that than roll off a cliff in the first day seriously yeah 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 Yeah. uh but once the enduro was done and we went well that was terrible here we go (laughs) (laughs) so and then started going after our checkpoints and like the very first checkpoint was a trick they had two blue flags and one of them was about 800 meters too early so if you didn't do if you didn't plot it properly or if he plotted it but didn't really accurately measure how far up this road and around and read the train you might click on the first blue and get a wide miss penalty which is 10 points and then you'd have to go up to the next one and click it to try to regain some points back but we caught that we went to the correct one we got to the first one and i said jenna we're way too early and we went further and 
sure enough, we got our full points. So we were feeling good about moments like that. Got a wide miss or two on some black checkpoints that have nothing there. You don't, you just have to trust. You're reading the terrain and the map and you're trusting that you're in the right place and you click your tracker and it tells you what your coordinates are so you can find out how far off you were. So honestly, um, prologue day, I think in general, we were feeling pretty positive. Like, hey, that wasn't bad. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad either. The uh, other, it was chaotic, but we sort of, we felt redeemed in the afternoon. We were like, okay, but this, like, more just steady, you know, picking off checkpoints throughout the afternoon, like, was, it was redeem redeeming, and it, we felt more competent and, I don't know, just comfortable in the pace, you know, in terms of just your first day. It's just, it's just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's talk then about moving into stage one. It's the first day of actual competition. So this is the first time that you have sort of been on course overnight in the tents and set up and you wake up now and you're in, you didn't come from a hotel the night before you came <laughs> from your pop-up. Uh, yeah, pop it's the first time we're like in the moment going through our routine and, you know, making it happen. And we had a late start that day. We were one of the, the I think we were 30-something starters. Start number 42. 42. 22 a.m. 42. So we started late, um, uh, later in the morning. And so I had more time to plot, which was good. Right. It was my first time plotting that many checkpoints in that condition. Mm -hmm. And uh, day one, in general, we did decently well at. We had three wide misses if my memory serves me correct and um if we had not wide missed our score would have been really really good that day yeah. and it was a good lesson for us in terms of is it is it worth if we're not 100 percent sure that this is the checkpoint is it worth the wide miss penalty to click here and find out that we're way too wide and right. then go and then spend the time to go after and find the real checkpoint. Right. Versus it's only worth four points. We can't be certain. Should we click? Should we not click? Right. Weighing the 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 pros and cons there. Right. Because you it, it, sometimes it's actually worse to be wide than to just not get it at all because mm -hmm. the number of points isn't worth the penalty. Yeah. Well, sometimes. So the black points vary in uh, difficulty and uh, yeah. reward, right? Yeah. And so some might be as low as two or three. Generally, they were anywhere between like four and eight. Oh, okay. Black checkpoint. Mm -hmm. Blues could be anywhere from usually five to ten unless they were on an X route. And an X route, you know, you could get five or five X, but you can't get points for both of them, right? Right. You can collect both and you're going to get points for the X if you get it. But um, the X routes were typically either harder to drive or harder to navigate or a little combination of both. Mm -hmm. But as a result, they would usually reward you with a higher point count. So some of the blue X checkpoints we went after would be worth like 12 as opposed to the regular checkpoint might be worth six. Right. So they would reward you for taking those opportunities to go for something that was maybe a little more challenging. But they also would give us warnings in the morning briefing about like, this is this type of driving, this type of terrain. Right. You know, one way trail. Do not go backwards down this trail or whatever. 
And there's a, there's also another component like those X roads. Uh, it sounds like if they're more difficult to drive or more difficult to navigate, they're also slower, right? Oh, so yes. does that create a a problem when you go to the the following? Did you watch? Yeah, yeah. Day three. Uh, no, it's day three. I think. Um, Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah. So is that a trap? Are those X roads sometimes like a trap. trap? Not a trap, but I would say, you know, you just have to be like, you have to think it through and be strategic with it. Like, you may, if you take the X route, you might want to determine right before you make the split off for the X route, like really look at the clock and be like, okay, how is our progress going today? Do oh, have time schedule or not? You know, like if we're on time or if we're running really like, you know, ahead of time even, then definitely the X route. The X route's usually a cooler trail. Oh, yeah. Like that's some incredible things. things. They're really beautiful. Anna always wanted to do the X trail. <laughs> she was like, I think we should do the X trail. Like no matter what, she was like, I really want to do the X trail. <laughs> Right. And so did you miss any of them? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, we uh, we tried to take the X trails as often as we possibly could because they were stunning and they were absolutely beautiful. Yeah. They were literally Emily Miller's way of saying, you need to see this gorgeous landscape or these beautiful ruins or this crazy mine or whatever. The X route was always worth the views even though sometimes as rookies we didn't understand that time management element yeah and that was i think our biggest lesson that we as rookies needed to learn this year was how to manage our time so Mm -hmm. we'll take that forward into future years but that doesn't mean we can't do the extra continue down extra (laughs) and they're there's they are worth more points usually so it's just as we get more as we throughout the week got more efficient with capturing black checkpoints and those types of things, we were on a better better schedule for the day to be able to then still take that extra out. You have to kind of do a, a cost-benefit analysis yeah. of whether or not you can do this route. And if it ends up being slower than you thought or more difficult than you thought, what does that mean for later in the day? Because it has a cascading effect that yeah. we discovered on yeah. some of yeah. our phrase. Yeah. Yeah. discovered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, so there's the time management piece, but then there's also the vehicle management. Piece. So <laughs> the end of stage one was where I think you guys started to uh, assess and realize that it was it was time to start addressing some things on the on the route. So we got to know the mechanics really well. Yeah, well, that way. you know, you have a thirty year old car. You're gonna you're gonna do that. So day uh, stage one, the end of that day, uh, I think, is where you realize that it was probably time to address that address that driver's side front hub that we should have addressed before you left. Well, we only even discovered yeah. it that yeah. day. We yeah. basically part of we had a little maintenance checklist every night. Yeah. You know, the mechanics were very impressed. Janet yeah. every night rolled into their area, checked all her fluids, did all her things, and which included the jiggle. Yeah, We'd go around and grab each wheel and jiggle it, and just make sure there wasn't like anything clonking or going on. And, and after stage one, there yeah, was a there was a definite click <laughs> in the yeah. front driving. We're like, oh yeah. boy, yeah. yeah. So then we, you know, we address. So we pull over one of the mechanics and we go, feel yeah. this, <laughs> yeah. right? What do you think? And right. they went, oh, they went. Yeah, there's definitely more play in there than you yeah. probably want. Supposed to be a thirty seconds of an inch yeah. of play. It was, it was a discernible, like <laughs> not like a click necessarily. Yeah. But you could feel it was a discernible shift. It was more than just like 
yeah. the normal jiggling of the car the, or, or the tire a little itself. Bit, yeah, yeah. Like a discernible, you could just like, you could feel where it, and we went. Yeah. And they said, this isn't too big a job. You guys can do yeah, this. No problem. Real quick. I was like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I even had like in my little maintenance report thing, like of my, my notes from our yeah. walkthrough, yeah. like these are the steps, you pull this off, you do yeah. the thing. And then we also had the full workshop manual with us, right. but, which ended up being uh, the smartest thing we did. It was great. But the workshop manual advises that you need like a dial gate, dial indicator, yeah. stuff. Yeah, You're like, right. don't have that. So we, um, <laughs> just, there was a lot of trial and error. The mechanic yeah. was, you know assisting us but yeah. not to the extent that it was a mechanic right uh right service right and so in terms of our points but um yeah so we did a lot of like there's two nuts and there's those that washer yeah. and so yeah. it was like we tighten the inner nut we put on the washer we put on the outer nut we tighten the outer nut and then by me it was all jen it would tighten the inner nut and, like, right. oh, and then it yes. would just be too tight so we just kept backing them all off yeah. until finally we could get the outer nut tight enough We'd leave the internet loose enough that when we got the outer night tight enough, the internet was still loose enough for it to have a good rotation. And then smacking those tabs in, putting it all back together. Now, what, uh, what you don't know, Jenna, yeah. that Liza does know, is that you did have a hub rebuild kit. I'm not sure where it was. But in there is a laser cut wrench that oh, grips really? the back nut yeah. and allows you to tighten the That's front gonna... nut perfectly without having to. Uh, but I neglected, I neglected to equipped. add that to the list. Right. <laughs> so it's one thing to be equipped, so but if we don't know that it's on board, this is what we discovered, <laughs> yeah. uh, then we can't help ourselves because we don't know what we don't. Yeah, I, I apologize. That's on me. Uh, that's on me. Uh, yeah, there is a special, uh, there's a special wrench that uh, will hold that back nut and allow you to get. But the you and I talked last night, we did yeah. talk about procedures that we would, you know, now knowing what we know and understanding what uh what can happen in the field definitely yeah. having more procedures of if this happens then try this then try this then try that um as yeah. opposed to us floundering a little bit to figure out like the best start to diagnose yeah our diagnostic well and it's interesting because uh you know in in in, in doing a bit of research about how to prep uh you know formula one teams what nascar does and things they have these procedural flow charts for you know if the wheel doesn't come off the car this, then this, then this, if this, then that, if this, then that. And yeah, and we just had a decision tree of sort of try this, try this, try this, try this. If it's this thing, then do this, then do that. And we just didn't, you know, we didn't have the time to prep for that. We don't have, obviously, the factory. But we have a whole year now, so. But yeah, so some. it's just interesting to know that, like, we packed so many things that you would never need. And probably, Might if we didn't, but, you know, yeah. it, it <laughs> maybe pack some of the more obvious things or maybe should have done that differently. But, you know, that's the thing. We so there's no way to know without. We so nothing, nothing that failed stopped us from continuing. It just held us back for a few hours. And that really is what it came down to. So what was the thing that you uh, didn't have? What piece of equipment or what thing that you would uh, just you wouldn't consider doing the event without? That you didn't have this year, but maybe another, you saw that another competitor oh, had. Oh, yeah, I want to win. Like for like hauling things around uh -huh. base camp? Yeah. Because oh. your vehicle is like, correct me if I'm wrong, it's in an impound yeah. during your your base day, camp stay. You have to take it to impound and you don't get it till five the next morning. But, but even in the morning. But in the morning, you can't drive over to camp to get your tents and your bag. Right, at all of it. You have to uh, walk every day in the five. Yeah, and water to walk every day. 
So, so a wagon is a pro move. I want a wagon. Yeah. Somebody else had a wagon and I was. So tell us what is the thinking behind the impoundment of the vehicle? I mean, it's just, it's a typical rally procedure. It's a typical automotive procedure that, that you don't have access to your vehicle overnight. Um, you don't have access to anybody's vehicle overnight. It cuts down on sabotage. Sabotage <laughs> yeah, of your yeah, own car. Of your own car. <laughs> that, and it's, it's, it's a leveling for everybody. Yeah. I think it's partially also this year, like, you... You could work on your own car, you know, without penalty, but still only for two hours. Right. And after that two hours, you would assess a penalty. Like, they don't want everybody rebuilding their cars all night. They, want, they don't want people driving out there with a bunch of rickety junk. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. That's, so I can't enter for a number of reasons. Well, <laughs> if I if I were to have uh, an infinite amount of time to work on the car, I would only be making it worse. And after two hours, <laughs> I'm, only making yeah. I'm not making things better. It's just fully disassembled. I mean. Yeah. But I've just kind of, <laughs> I've gone so far down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, that Frenchman that got stranded in the Sahara Desert in a Citroen 2CV and he yeah. like disassembled it into a motorcycle yeah. and like rode out of the desert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Here. I would uh, start with a car and end with a motorcycle. That's exactly uh, what would happen. Um, so on a reverse MacGyver, a re- <laughs> anti MacGyver <laughs> made a skateboard out of a motorcycle. Incredible. Uh, so stage two, uh, the next day. So that uh, that was where uh, the bushings uh, took a a, a real no. painting. No, it was a per- well between stage two and and. Going into stage three. No, it was stage two. Well, the, well stage two the, was a two no, day. You're right. Yeah. right. Stage two was yeah. a two day thing. Yeah. Because and that's it where you did our marathon right. self camp. Dry camp, self camp. The self camp, yeah. which was really cool, by the yeah. way. Um, is it hot springs? Yeah. We had a we had a 5 a.m. hot springs dip. It was great. <laughs> so did Ike and I, actually. We were just unrelated. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was more uh, of a rental hot tub situation. Yeah. So that, yeah. But yeah, by the hour. unwelcome. But yeah. <laughs> stage two involved the first day of stage two. We actually did really well at checkpoint collecting. We helped a lot of other teams get out of some kind of washes that and, and mountain trails that they were a little bit turned around on. We were feeling really good. We were collecting a lot of checkpoints. We were, I was confidently following us on the map. We never really got lost that day. We were pretty confident the whole time. But we went through some rushes <laughs> just for hours and hours yeah. and hours of just slowly bouncing forward yeah, just, and back and uh, uh well ike and i is funny because that was another home. that was another back and forth text of like either they slammed down onto something really hard or they slammed tiny things a thousand death by a thousand paper cuts <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so when you destroying roll... a set of poly bushings is, is not an easy thing when we rolled into our marathon <laughs> self-camp uh Jenna takes a look because we've just yes, been hearing clunking all afternoon mm-hmm. and it has been getting progressively worse yeah. and worse. And it's particularly bad when there's any side to side movement in the rear end. Clunk, 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 clunk. And it's sounding worse and worse. And Jenna takes a look. And I mean, our bushings are one side. They are black yeah. as can possibly be. And we decide not to change them in the field because there's no mechanical support without penalty at right. marathon camp night. So we go through all of day three, which involves some really, really, really aggressive mountain trails. <laughs> and by the time we ended stage one, 
uh, but day three, we uh, had really destroyed those. Bushings. Those poor little bushings. Yeah. Well, yeah. those will go into the underpowered hour museum with yeah. the uh, ramp that we destroyed with yeah. angling four by four sign with yeah. a number of uh, different Linus trousers. Uh, so happy yeah. to contribute. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. Well, that's good. It's good to know that uh, that it was a, a thousand little things instead of one giant yeah. thing. And that, was that, a, the, that was the stage three. Was the, the second or day was the day that we got our short cut. No, no the first two was our short cut. And on stage two, we took a <clears throat> short cut, the longest, the longest cut. short cut in the world. We had been going through these washes. We'd found some black checkpoints. We were going along, and we come down around this canyon. And I say to Jenna, "There is this trail that." <laughs> straight over to checkpoint six otherwise we have to do a big but otherwise otherwise we do this big detour i said you know we might regret this this shortcut it might be super washed out if it's not this is a great shortcut if it is we may regret this halfway through we're like we're so committed now (laughs) and we're we're definitely going to have to do an episode about it uh, once but it reminds me once of uh eliza and i uh, visited uh with her father joel the uh the Ferrari factory, uh, and uh, the way in there, Italy. we drove very much rally style, and Joel was in the back, and in he a was Nissan Quash, Nissan Quash Quai, and uh, we were in a hurry to get there, so we were hitting those windy mountain roads pretty fast, and uh, Joel was bright people. green by the oh, time we got there. He was Sick. he was not happy, so we had an option to go back by the windy road or something that maybe looked a little longer, but was but was much less windy and that's for another day anyways halfway through that we had to call chris this was similar yeah this was similar to that situation (laughs) of like well this might be a great shortcut we got about i don't know half a kilometer in and i said to jenna should we go back to the main road and jenna was like no i think this is good i think we'll be fine yeah Like, well, now it's just halfway to the yeah, end. Now you just, yeah, you just 11 yeah. kilometers yeah. and about five kilometers in, we both went, well, yeah. we should not have taken it. Yeah, but we can see the yeah, other cars on the oh. paved road. So oh. We're just like slow, like just thing people looking over i'm sure what they like, so we pull in, at every green checkpoint there are staff members for the yeah. rally we pull into that checkpoint and one of the guys richard just goes you're not the first one to come that way. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That's that day was really, really it fun. But we definitely destroyed what was left of those bushings. So back. then came stage three. Day three. Day which three. Is still stage two. Uh, but uh, uh, that the next whatever the next stage uh, anyway, and that's uh, famously uh, where I think every. Uh, right, right. listener, right. every viewer. We were talking about stage two up to Melbourne Camp was stage two evening. Yeah. And yeah. then on stage three. Stage three, we leave and we start going. We t- we we cut across Everything the top looked of the like valley. It was going great. We go into Inyo National Forest. Yep. We are committed to the X route because it is yeah. going to be absolutely beautiful. We're right. basically promised a view of Mount Whitney from the top of another mountain across the valley. And we know it's going to be gorgeous. And we go after it. Yeah, my notes say checkpoints, the X checkpoints go high above Owens Valley, steep and technical trails at high altitude, but worth it. 
And we're like, great, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. We head off into these, into this valley. We head off and up, up this mountain. We get to these flats at the top. We take a wrong turn. Beautiful lookout is where we end up, but not at all where we're going. That is, this is the state. And then we come back down because Owens Valley was down below and it was, we ended up with a very express view of Owens Valley because then we were running late after this. So we get turned around once or twice going after checkpoint 5X. I'll never forget checkpoint 5X as long as I live. <laughs> we we get lost twice getting there, but we finally get on the right trail. It's yeah. really confusing up there. Lots and lots of trails that branch off. Lots of trails that are like numbered trails, but yeah. then with a subletter. Yeah, so it's like, like 3784A, B, C, D. And you just have to, like, we we were scribbling numbers down as we drove so that we could keep it straight in case we had to backtrack. Mm-hmm. We finally get to 5X, and it has taken probably almost an hour longer than we had yeah. intended it to. And we're thinking, okay. We have a plan how to get down the mountain to 6X, right. to 7, and then on to our green checkpoint. Which is very importantly south of yeah. where you are. South. It is south. It is down south. the south face of yeah. this mountain. Yes. But we get to 5X, and another car comes screaming up a completely different trail than we had been on. Right. On a trail that we were supposed to be doing one way. Yes. And they come up another way, and they say, is that blue checkpoint up here? And they say, Papoot's Flats is down there. That's where we're headed. We they just came from. Papoose. They just came from Papoose Flats. Oh no! So they you were sabotaged. Not as not not not. You were, you were sabotaged. Oh my god! Yeah. Definitely sabotaged. Sure, that's what they want you to think. It's a trap. Flats is just down this way. Uh huh. I made the mistake of not double checking the bearing before we started going down, not realizing that instead of going down the southeast trail. We started going back down the northeast trail. trail. We get all the way to the bottom, and I have convinced myself for half an hour that all these curves on the map and all this terrain sort of matches my map, and I've convinced myself of where we are. We get to the bottom, and I get out to take a bearing, and I am facing absolutely north, and we're at a paved road. And we're at a paved road that has not worked on our thing. Like, how can and I look at look this moved? and I get in the car and I'm like, what is this bearing? I get out, I take it again, we get in, we we confer and we go, okay, we must be here. There must be a little turn in the road we don't see that gets you pointing north, which means that that marked trail back there, which is the correct number, by the way, must be the road that we need to go back to. Now, for you folks that were watching at home. Yeah, so meanwhile, at home, we see every dot moving south at fairly high speed. And meanwhile, you guys are sort of like do a little pirouette and then start. We go back up north. And then back down and back up. Yeah. And then and then very far north and west. And, and we are at this so point, lost. we're getting text messages from people. <laughs> people are uh, Instagram DMing yeah. us to say like, where are they going? Why are they going? great about it, though, is that we think we go up and down these crazy-ass trails, and we Hill. think... Steep-filled. I'm looking. Steep-filled. I am looking at, like, a certain kilometer marker. <laughs> I am looking for a big left turn followed by a hairpin right, and in the hairpin right is going to be our black checkpoint. We think we've just done that. Big left turn, hairpin right. We're like, okay, it's right here. 
We stop, we click our tracker. We are two and a half degrees off of where we think we're supposed to be. <laughs> Which is really far. And we look at our we look at our tracker, we look at our maps and we're like, like Where what? the F are we? <laughs> and we plot it on the map and we're like, How? <laughs> How are we there? We where we decide, okay, well, I mean, we're gonna be so late at this point. We have to get down off this mountain. We have to go salvage any point. We just like hit whatever that paved road and just ball. So we start going down the hill, but we're going north down the hill, and I can't wrap my head around this yet. I just can't understand. I still have convinced myself we must be going down the southeast. No, we're not. No. When we finally get to the bottom, it is get on the highway and bomb it we've missed this green checkpoint which means we have to go ahead to this next green checkpoint and you have to skip everything in between and we are racing to get to anything that is open that day and we get onto the highway and we just go as fast as we can trying to grab checkpoints and uh yeah we learned a lot <laughs> we uh yeah we were watching the the tracker and uh you know for the longest time you guys were going like 1.3 miles an hour and yeah. all of a sudden i check back like 10 minutes later and you guys are going like 75 <laughs> miles an hour and i was like what is happening <laughs> and we posted a little animation of the tracker where you sort of see this little like a we're like the a, only ones everybody else is no one else up there and then you see the point where you realize what's happened and all of a sudden it's an abrupt turn north and like a shot straight down. It's almost like there's an exclamation point above uh, the tracker. Really see the yeah. of realization. Totally. We realize we have to go as fast as we can and get yeah. off the And then there was plenty. However, of I will say that the views we saw that day were breathtaking. Worth. They were breathtaking. Worth it. Worth it. So then so we get almost yeah. no points that day, yeah. and that's our own fault. And that is a rookie mistake. Yeah. And. We kept saying the whole time, well, that's not a mistake we'll make next year, but I don't regret taking this route. It right. was really beautiful. It was really great. So then you're on to stage four. That was a great day. You guys performed really well. well so did. stage four starts with a cross-country enduro mm -hmm. written by Jimmy Lewis, our course director. And y'all, I just have to say, Jenna Fribley is the best goddamn driver i've ever ridden with she attacked that enduro like nobody's business and it took us halfway into the enduro to realize that jimmy was not trying to get us from point a to point b jimmy was trying to show us how much fun we could have on an enduro in an ohv park right and about halfway through this enduro we get into what i can only describe as like an offered playground there are tracks and trails going up and down every single face of every single hill around us and about partway through the syndrome we're i mean and we're we're cooking we're really everything is clicking everything yeah. feels good and on the enduro page it says hill climb mm -hmm. to the two sponsored flags at the top mm -hmm. we're like cutting down along this hill looking up this super steep grade going he wants us to climb that Sure enough, two sponsor flags are up at the top. So we double back around. Jenna picks her line and says, hang on. <laughs> Boom. Drives into the sun up this super steep grade like a champ. I mean, it was a 
thing of beauty. And up to that point, nobody else in the OHV had tried it yet right. that we could see. Right. Jenna blazes a trail. Four more cars come up the hill behind us afterwards. Everybody's like, okay, I'm guessing this is what we're doing. And they <laughs> that old thing can make it up there. <laughs> Seriously, we've got we've got some of the the course people like driving like maniacs up to the top of these crests to get video and and photo footage of us because they're like, oh my God, they're doing it. And <laughs> off we go. So, you know, it's one of those ones where you go all the way up, you come straight down the other side. Mm -hmm. Some teams were fishtailing. Jana just had beautiful control the whole time. Thanks to that sweet little piece of orange tape in the center. Right there. We we did thank him verbally many times. <laughs> thank you, Bob. He's the patron saint of Land Rover rally driving. Yeah. I, I so anyways, that day starts with an enduro. And if you look at our scores from that day, we didn't score very many points from that enduro. And it caused us to miss a, seg a seg segment of points in the middle of our day. And the reason for that was we were having so much fun on that enduro that we literally, A, kind of lost track of time. B, also didn't understand that we could bail from the enduro at any time to go collect those points. We kind of thought we had to complete the whole enduro. And so, I mean, we just, we hit it turn for turn. And if we missed a turn, we went back and we did it. And we had camera cars chasing us. Um, uh, uh, we did get all the points on the end. We did. We just missed the green checkpoint. Absolutely. it. Which so, the... which meant we had to skip ahead to the next. Because you ran out of time. Yeah, because we did the whole thing. And then oh, I, I will say that uh, a team that we aligned ourselves with, that was very good friends of ours, realized that they had plotted all of their afternoon checkpoints incorrectly. Mm about five minutes before we left. And so <laughs> I had looked at them in the morning and I'd said, we're going to get through this day together. It's okay. Come with us. And so we teamed up for the day and, um, and, and helped each other out quite a fair bit. So we come out of that enduro and realize if we're going to collect any more points today, we need to book it over to Spangler to this OHV area. And for the first time, the rebel had this way that we could collect checkpoints out of, yeah, out of order, any order that we want. That was a different day. No nope. Bangalore. Because day four, we went and did the... Um... They're lost again. Yeah, I know we're lost. <laughs> <laughs> After we missed the green checkpoint, then we zoomed to get that other green checkpoint over by that, like, we were line. You're right. Line. But I thought we moved on to the next day already. I don't know. Well, we haven't talked about the aqueduct. We didn't yet. talk about the aqueduct yeah. enduro. You're right. There was a really cool enduro. Well, it's also, speaking of the enduros, it's worth mentioning that Jimmy rides all of these on a on a dirt, dirt bike. bike. And so the idea of, of then people following in cars is sort of interesting. Like climbing up that hill on a dirt bike is is nothing. Putting a, you know, several thousand pound car up there uh, is... is uh, What's interesting is that Chrissy Beavis told me, she's the um, competition director. Her parents have been uh, highly uh, involved in uh, in rally yeah. driving for a decade. Yeah. And they went and drove Jimmy's cross-country enduro yeah. to test it out. Right. The way that the rookies and the experienced competitors, because Jimmy has never written an enduro for the... Oh, interesting. Right. And he is, he is an enduro motorcycle and he, by trade. Yeah, so, so it, was, yeah. it was really fair. Yeah. Anyways, that enduro was really amazing. You were right. You're right. You're right. That was day four. Yeah, that was day four. 
And so anyway, so, so then we go over to Spangler and that was where we team up with, so we've got the Bronco uh, team Uftas with us. And then we team up with another team that we had met in training, the two redheaded rebels. Mm -hmm. um, and the three of us start convoying through this OHV, which we're allowed to do in OHVs. And it was really, it was, a, it was beautiful. We were all contributing in different ways. Well, we think it's about a kilometer and a half down this way. Okay, well, what if we go to here and then we take a bearing and then we'll go over that hill and then we'll take another bearing. And everybody was communicating really well. We were working extremely well together as a team. And it was such a turnaround from previous days of feeling like lost rookies that were, you know, not getting the hang of things. Right. We all came out of it and could not stop raving about what an incredible day we had. We got lots of checkpoints in the OHB. We got back in time to collect some more stuff and came back just absolutely in love with the rally again. Just feeling like, okay, we can do this. Right. Super positive. <laughs> Super positive. As you came into uh, the uh, the bivouac that night, um, thought maybe that you had run out of gas. But in fact, uh, once you did all of your all of your gas math, which I think we'll recap here at the end because Jenna's uh, fuel economy <laughs> uh, numbers per day is a pretty fun story to tell. It's a roller coaster. But, yeah, it really is. But uh, but yeah, we we get to the finish line every night. You come in through the finish line. They have like an inflatable archway. Yeah, like in. your tracker. They, they walk you back. They talk to you. You chit chat with the yeah Harry uh, Harry situation uh, yeah. as yeah. it was uh, called. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're sitting there chit chatting and you know waiting for our turn to kind of exit the finish line and go to the fuel truck line. And we're sitting there, and uh, the car does. Just and it turns like, up, right? Really dying. Right. And we're like, huh. Well, maybe we're out of fuel. Maybe we just ran out of fuel. Uh, and, but we, you know, cranked it over. And it, hard, it was kind of hard to start, but we're like, well, if it's low on gas, that, you know, that makes sense. Let's yeah. We get up to the Gatlin area. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, of course, a Defender 90, a NAS Defender 90, does not have a fuel light. There is a little picture of it on the dash, but there's no connector to. So let's just also just run out again. The fact that the red area on the oh, fuel gauge is it's like pretty much right like, off the fuel gauge. <laughs> and like you get basically to a quarter tank well you know okay so it's not really a third but you get to like a quarter tank and that red line starts almost immediately below mm -hmm. a quarter tank and so, you really don't know how long you have i think that speaks to the precision of land rover instrumentation though that they're like listen the last quarter tank like we can't really yeah, we have more, not tire, responsible. you know like you're in the red you know come keep on it above half. Yeah. Oh, just always keep it above half. Yeah, yeah exactly so we do fuel it up but at this point we are concerned about why the no well we we can't get it to die again okay, okay after that yeah. And you changed out the bushings on the shocks. That was the. Is that that night? I think so. No, that was a, That night we just checked everything. We You're right. We just checked everything. Yeah, we checked it. We actually. Oh, yeah. Right. The air filter. And then we okay. actually had dinner with the yeah, was, editors for the first yeah. time the whole rally. Yeah. Because we were in the mechanics village. Yeah. So we, but we checked the air filter that night. We were like, well, maybe. Yeah, know, it's choking just, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah pretty maybe, dirty. Maybe there, yeah, maybe we were really low on fuel, and so yeah, we were like maybe there were so low on fuel that there was air or something or vapor, yeah. vapor lock, vapor lock. Maybe that explains it. Yeah. it it seems fine now. And the right? phone right back up. Also, side note though, when we checked the air filter, it was 
shockingly close. Not Which is amazing because when you guys came back from training, of course, it was it's horrible. Like so thick that the car wasn't was was barely running. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it goes to show you that uh, what it, sometimes sometimes when the filters are clean, there's just nothing going through the filter. That's what it is. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so we have a wonderful night that night some teams hated that day but we absolutely loved it it was honestly on my top 10 best days of my entire life it was it was day. such a great day we're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now back to the show. So you're at the start line of stage five and the car dies. The car dies and it, it's, it's hard to get it started. I'm having to give it a little gas. It's really, really struggling to start. We're thinking, oh my God, we're wrong. We're, this is not a good sign. Finally get it started. But to keep it going, I'm giving it gas. I'm revving the engine, right? And keep in mind. Like a, like a trophy truck. Yeah. You're, you're revving the engine at the start line. So everybody has an expectation that it's going to shoot off like a rocket. Out yeah. of there. And. I'm giving it gas, and this enduro starts at 15 kilometers an hour or something like that. I'm revving the engine. It's like, it's like seven miles an hour. Right? And Jenna realizes with, like, five seconds to go on a timed enduro that I don't have stopwatch. Where's the stopwatch? Oh, my God, where's the stopwatch? So we, like, rooting through the nav bag. It's right in front of me, and... I, I can't find it, so I just flip my wristwatch around real fast. I'm trying to go through all the buttons to find the stopwatch <laughs> setting and get it cleared. And I did it just in time, and we hit zero and hit zero. And I got the engine <laughs> And I took Harry gently <laughs> over that start line, and we creep through base camp and then, you know, speed up as we're able to on the other side of base camp. And, we start going in the center, right? Is that maybe why that uh, why the the kid that I guess lives in the base camp likes the defender so much? Oh, just wait. Because of your start line. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so so now we're on the Cinderella, right? Most of the time we're keeping an average speed between like 25, 30, 20 kilometers, kilometers an hour, which is a really, really nice, slow. easy pace. Very slow. And really nice for the defender it's in this particular, particular yeah. terrain. Yeah. In this particular yeah. terrain, it's sure. really good. Sure. And we start getting to our time controls and we're nailing Perfect. 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 Yeah, for Ooh, perfect. Right? Yeah. Full point. Yeah. Tell me down as we get like. Get closer, and it's like, okay, we have eight seconds to get there. And it's like, we're gauging, and do we speed up a little or slow down a little? But like, not, you know, seven. So we have the first time control. We're feeling really good. We're going over some bumps, and something falls from the ceiling. <laughs> the bullet falls out of the visor. And oh, flopping right. down. I can't look. <laughs> I'm looking at holding the visor. <laughs> we hit the second time control. Everything is beautiful. Yeah. We know we've got full points there. Where we, I don't remember when something in the third one. We were a couple seconds off. We weren't too bad. We got yeah. partial points, whatever. After that, there were three identical waypoints in the roadbook after that. Mm -hmm. Three of these like concrete little like, like ditch things that we were going to pass. 
And I'm on a so pretty big trail. We passed trailer. the first one. We passed the second one. And I'm going. <laughs> and I'm like, I turn, turn, turn right, right after the aqueduct, or, or after the pipeline. And I turn right onto some little random trail. It's not right. We we see the team that was in front of us is way the heck over here. They're definitely off track at this point. And she goes, no, 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 not, not here, not here. Go back over there. So I zip back onto the main Just trail. Just through the bushes. Like, through the bushes. Bush. <laughs> we're driving along. Tread lightly. Yeah. Tread lightly. Driving along. And all of a sudden, we're, she, Jenna just puts the book down. Was like, this I don't know. None of this. We counted our like 1.48 kilometers forward at yeah. 20 kilometers an hour. And we were not. So I pull off to the side and go, okay. What should we do? This is a timed inter. Yeah, yeah. I pull off to the side and I go, what should we do? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. what. All of a sudden, the team that had been in front of us that had screwed up yeah. come flying down the hill. They look at us and they go, what are you doing? Go, go, go. You're still on time. And we go, no, we totally screwed it up. And they go, you're at waypoint 27. Go. And then we're like, I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> we get back on track and I'm screaming down this trail now at about 55 kilometers an hour trying to make up time and as we're approaching the final time control the man is like we're early <laughs> slow down slam on the brakes and we're crawling past as slow as possible without getting penalized for stuff right i right. love right. the bulk on yeah. one of these so we're just like <laughs> Pooch over. I don't know. Don't let him inside that one early. Yeah. So, so it keeps going and it ends with a green flag. But from the last time control to the green flag, I get the giggles and I cannot stop laughing. I, by the time I get to the green flag, I have tears streaming down <laughs> my face. I've lost all control and all composure. And we pull into the green checkpoint and everybody is out of their cars taking a bearing to the next thing and i pull my car in and i block everything (laughs) 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 i am crying with laughter which makes me only laugh harder so i pull the car over to the side and we need a minute to gather our composure so we get we turn off the car important important information also a mistake And we do our thing, take our bearing, come up with our plan. This is what we're going to do next. Get back in the car. I'm in the navigator seat again. Jenna's going to drive. Car doesn't start. And as many of our viewers who followed along know, this was the start of a very concerning and very long delay. So meanwhile, we're back at home. We're looking through and we're saying, okay, well, they, they finished the Enduro. They're at the end of the Enduro because the Enduro is mapped on is it? the route. It's a red it is. track. Oh, cool. You, see it, you know when the Enduros are happening. And so there's a, uh, you know, so you're going, you go through the Enduro and you stop and we're like, okay, they stopped. They're getting, you know, that happens, you know, they're going to get there and 15 minutes go by and I get a text from Mike saying, I've been sitting for a little while. Half an hour, I think. At this Half point. an hour goes by at that yeah. point. And then we're saying, I think something's wrong. <laughs> and something's wrong. Then an hour goes by. Then an hour and a half. Then two hours. At this point, we're like, first of all, is somebody hurt? Like, are they all okay? What happened? Like, <laughs> and what broke on the truck? And then we're like, okay, we know 
there was suspension and there was a hub that they had to rebuild. Did the wheel fall off? <laughs> Almost impossible. Then no way that can happen. Like, did it suspend? Is it, it's, did they maybe shear a drive shaft off because the suspension gave up? We just could not figure it out. And then about two and a half hours after sitting still, there was progress. He started moving again. And as we had it on a big TV at work and everything, there were literal audible cheers throughout the building. We started getting uh, Instagram messages. We got texts from people where they're, they're moving, they're moving again. Oh my God, it's okay, they're going fine. Nobody's dead. And so uh, on your side, however, you weren't all fixed to a tiny dot moving across the screen. In fact, quite the opposite. Yeah, fortunately, it was still morning. So it wasn't too hot yet. Using heat of the day. Yeah, Yeah, we... We're trying to do some troubleshooting. We, uh, you know, started by just opening the hood with our magical shovel prop yep. and uh, poking at everything, like poking all of the distributor on oil wires and just looking for anything loose. Looking for anything, anything loose that we can yeah. in the background. I was like, I feel like this is a ground. I don't know why. I just have, I feel like this is a, there's got a, there's just like a loose ground there's wire ground, thing. There's a so loose wiring in your thing. Mm-hmm. Why is it intermittent? We're trying to figure out, okay, it's. Yeah, seems like we're getting fuel. It seems like we're getting air. It seems like you know the engine is turning. Yeah, it's not igniting. Yeah, maybe we're not getting a spark. Let's try changing out the coil. Yeah, the coil we had changed right before the yeah because it was like which is exactly what I would have done. So we have one on board. We we (laughs) we yard sale all of our crap out into the. Out onto the ground, out of the back of the truck. We unpack everything. We're yeah. digging through. We know we have one on board because we have this great list in our binder that we read for a lot. I don't have the fact that there's a bearing kit in yeah, there. Yeah, but you'd have a lot of other information. So yeah. we dig through. We find this coil. Janet takes the other one out. We do it one wire at a time to make sure that yeah. we're not disassembling and reassembling it in the in the wrong wire. Put it back in. <clears throat> start the car it does start it works this time yeah and we're like okay great we fixed the problem and, and after everybody like had sort of been all the- onto their other checks point yeah. and come back through that point and they had all been checking in on us like if you get it good, yeah good, because good. we saw people go off yeah they, they all went to go click and then they came back they were like out and back yeah. and we're like well they're not stuck because so many people have driven by them and everybody was back. lovely and checked in on us do you need anything can we help you whatever yeah sarah with the other defender yep. she came in and double checked our work and she was right there when we did get it started and she went oh i'm so proud of you guys you guys are good sarah okay. of course who is a land rover yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> So everybody leaves. We are hauling our stuff back into the car. Pack it all up. To pack it all back up. And we go start the car again? Yeah. No start. He's starting. Oh, no. no. So we're like, okay. Fill it all back out of the car. At we this point, we're looking at how long we've been there. It had been about 35 minutes. And we're looking at how long we've been there and what the rest of the day is shaking down. And we go, okay, if it's not that, this is going to take some chops to diagnose because yeah. we're just about running out of the things that we know how to do ourselves. Right. We've checked for everything that we can think of at the moment without starting to really take major systems apart. Right. And we are weighing, okay, I think we need mechanical support. So I walk over to the staff at every green checkpoint. There is a staff there with radio and, and communication. And they were already like, you know, coming and peeking yeah, out of right, you know, right. calling the media wagon to come over. Oh, sure, right. Sentence <laughs> on it. Yeah, right. photographers and videographers <laughs> and all hangers. We say, I think we need Nick. 
yeah. Nick, who is this uh, chief mechanic of the whole thing. They call him Nick Guyver. He's, he's a really nice guy. Great guy. Uh, was super nice time guy. last night. Yeah. Really, uh, really interesting. We're going to have Nick on the show. Uh, he'd be yeah. great. Yeah. He'd be great. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he was amazing. So anyway, so we call and they're like, okay, Nick's 35 minutes out. In the meantime, the medic, super nice guy. So nice. I give him a he starts to help us diagnose the problem. He right. lines up in the car. Yeah. We're taking things apart. We're putting a new spark plug yeah. on, grounding it to the engine to see if we can see a spark. Yeah. We're not getting We're not any getting spark. spark. Yeah. We've got a, a voltmeter out. We're trying to trace where. Because it is in the car somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It is in the car You find it eventually. And we're tracing the lines to figure yeah. out where. Relay, starter relay. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Start to get beautiful. Right. We're starting to get really, like, perplexed by this. Nothing makes sense. By the time Nick gets there, this medic has diagnosed that it's not this. It's not this. We're getting it here. We're not getting spark. It's got to be. And. Nick starts, you know, slowly taking more things apart. And they take the distributor cap off. off. Yeah, yeah. And he takes out his pocket knife and he scrapes one of the contacts. And I said, Nick, if you scrape a contact with your pocket knife and it solves this problem, I'm going to be really upset. (laughs) Doesn't solve the problem. Nick does have magical powers, though. He does. He does. But he, you know, he's like checking all these things. But they're realizing like they're going deeper and deeper and deeper into this problem. Until finally, yeah, they pull under the distributor cap. There's another like plastic. Yeah, so Petronics, it's a Petronics distributor, which we're definitely going to have a word with the fine people at Petronics. But it's a sealed distributor. It's not meant to be disassembled. We disassembled it. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) So he pulls the plastic plate off of the out in the inside of the distributor to reveal a magical, obvious failure, which is. Very satisfying, at least that it was, you know, you yeah, could see it, and it was like yeah. a tangible thing, a broken wire to yeah. the it's the ground wire that goes to the actual little Petronics yeah. block, little block, yeah, yeah. there's a little block Spending in there, block. yeah, and there's like a little metal, like it's like a slightly braided yeah. metal yeah. wire, grounding wire that comes off of that block to a little ring terminal with a screw, and the comes like where the ring terminal is clamped onto the wire. Just all of that jiggled enough that it just here like it just broke right there at that point, and so the wire was broken, and but that was sense where the engine was wouldn't yeah. fire well, and, spark, yeah. But it was intermittent because probably sometimes it would jiggle it up, right? <laughs> it would be touching just right. a little bit, or like when we we're poking on right. everything, we probably rattled the distributor yeah. just enough to like get it to touch. Now, it. to to be fair, that was a brand mm-hmm. new distributor. Well, I had a whole another new it, one on board or in the one yeah, the, the other one was in the parts bin. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it would have just been a pull it and. But we did. But when Nick <laughs> pulled up, he had a trailer. He had a flatbed mm-hmm. behind him. I'm like, no trailer, <laughs> no trailer. She barked it at him. No trailer. <laughs> right, I'm trying to determine you're going to fix this problem, but I mean the clock is ticking. You guys at home know wow. how much time passed. Oh, oh we were we were biting our fingers. Oh yeah, yeah it was so, crazy. Yeah. So they rebuild it. They put the distributor cap back on. Talking about how hard it was to get the cap back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is key for later. And they do finally get it put back together. Janet gets in the car, goes to start it. I've got every toe and finger crossing. Yes, it fires up. And we all go, okay, great. That's what it was. Jen and I have to put everything back in the car for like the fourth time. Yeah. And we, the rest of our day, I'm, I'm going to pull this out for anybody watching. Um, the rest of our day, 
is oh don't i have it i thought i had the that's what oh here it is the rest of our day consists of a coil bound road book right so many pages look yeah a traditional rally road book uh yeah that's very to simple take out 355 kilometers collecting checkpoints along the way which was a really neat twist this year they've yeah. I don't think they've done that in the past. Yeah. And now we have to book it. Right. Because we you're way behind. Lie through this thing to make sure that we can get to any checkpoint today that is open. There was an Instagram story that Rubel shared the next day of us on like a dry lake bed about yeah. to cross a dry lake bed trying to catch up to everybody yeah. else. But at this point, we're we're clicking our tracker. We're getting all the points, but none of them are going to count because right. we've timed out yeah. on everything. Yeah. But, but it's like we're under still, our own power. Yeah, and we decided to still click everything. It's a good report card. It's good practice. It's good. I mean, we're here to just, like, get better at this. So yeah. good practice for, you know, future times doing this and just a, a good check and balance to see that we are being accurate enough and just good practice also using yep. the roadbook. And so we're flying along. We... I mean, this road book, I don't know, it's 30 some odd pages. <laughs> we only got turned around once and only for about three minutes where yeah. we had to kind of do a little circle around till we figure out where we were supposed to be and keep going. Otherwise, it was head in the road book, zeroing out the terror trip at every single increment so that we could get it right. And we didn't miss a turn. We were like just firing on all cylinders. It was a thing of beauty. And thank God. Because we did actually catch up enough at the end of our day to go after a couple of checkpoints right. before we got right. to uh, Amboy. Was it when I got to Amboy? And let's rewind. By roadbook, it is not necessarily on roads. Let's just right. Oh, no, 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 no. It was trails. It was all trails. Yeah. They got us from uh, basically from uh, Dub Springs, which is sort of where the 14 and the 356. Mm-hmm. Uh, 357 join up all the way across to Amboy, which is in right basically in the Mojave. Yeah, like, in the middle. We had a yeah. long, long way to go. Yeah. But most of it was dirt. Yeah. yeah. Much of it was dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sandy much dirt. all of it. Sandy dirt. Sandy we only have dirt dirt here in California. Just sandy, sandy dirt. Sandy dirt. And, and less, yeah. less washy, but definitely lots of bumps. Lots of times that we were like, oh, so you did finally make it into Roy's. You came in and at that point was headed straight to the mechanics because it hadn't actually been running perfectly. No, it was there. kind of chugging. It was missing. It was yeah. like saying, you'd be going along. It's like, uh, 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 and we'd sort of feel this like right, here, yeah. behind, your your heart, yeah. right yeah. behind your heart. Right behind your heart. Yeah. You'd sort of feel like yeah. slow down. So maybe they'd, they'd upset the timing. That's what we were. That's what they were thinking. Shipped it slightly. <laughs> For the listeners at home, about a week before we left, Stephen said, I'm going to put a timing light in your bin. And I said, we don't need a timing light. And he said, you might need a timing light. And I said, if we need a timing light, things are bad enough that we're going to be with the mechanics who will have a timing light. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, who didn't have a timing light. The mechanics don't have a timing light? I have a timing light. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
So I will say this maybe once in our entire marriage, but you were right. I had no less than like six timing lights. I could have, I, I, yeah. I should have just scrolled one away in there against yeah. your witch. So we wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known. No. Uh, yeah. So, so anyhow. Like so, the bearing. Yeah. <laughs> so secret bearing kits. So Jenna takes the car over there and they, what did you say that they said? You pulled in and they said, we've been thinking about, yeah, we've been it. thinking about this all afternoon. Like. They were actually thinking that it, they weren't necessarily thinking that they were thinking that the um, when they were in there, that the wire, one of the other wires to that little block yeah. looked like it had been abrading on something. And so they were like wanting to check that back out. So they took all of that back apart again, rooted around in there, actually pulled it apart way more to like really assess those, the two, the red and the black wire going yeah. to the little block. Um, and I think did a little like kind of cleaning up of those, but it didn't, it didn't really seem to be the problem and they were going to do run, hit, hit it with the timing light, but they couldn't find a timing light either. So yeah. anyhow, so then they were like, well, we can't really do any more to diagnose that. Like, let's put it back together and just see, you know, see what it does. And so they put it back together, but when they put it back together, they had an easier time getting the distributor cap on and they're like. Doesn't this seem like it's seated better, this distributor cap? And so they were all sort of agreeing with that. And so we went out into the test drive and it seemed... Meanwhile, I'm sitting at a table across the way and I watched my truck drive away. (laughs) (laughs) There it goes. On the side, down the highway, tire gas. I said to everybody at my table, including Emmy Hall, I said, well... Either Jenna's taking it for a test drive with one of the mechanics, or she's decided, at this, I'm going home. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Um, it was the former. Yeah. It seemed to be running a lot better. Excellent. So really, I think just after the, you know, the earlier in the day mechanical breakdown, we, like, that distributor cap just wasn't on quite right. Yeah. It wasn't making perfect contact. Yeah. It was just missing a little. And so we were so grateful to have that resolved because all of day five whatever was that day five all yeah. day five we were just sort of like oh my god it's this is gonna it, be, oh we were terrified of that yeah. in glamis right we're like, we're what if it really were falling out when we're going up a big crazy dune in glamis yeah. and then we get in a dangerous situation sliding down backward yeah. we're like easily nervous about yeah. it or it gets worse like it needs to make it at least you know whatever three more days please just make it like two or three more days here yeah and so, so we get up on day six and day six starts with a whole bunch of checkpoint hunting in the Mojave, followed by a transit to Glamis. And it's not even a, a an enduro to Glamis. It is literally get on the highway and just, you know, take the straightest path to Glamis. Day six, you guys started strong and just destroyed it. I mean, you won your group on that day. You came in first on your, uh, yeah. in the B group that day. Uh, and really, I mean, from a if, day if before, you had blended <laughs> the two groups that day, we came in 12th, right? Um, overall in the whole competition, mm-hmm. we were 12th that day. We felt really great about day six. We started and Jenna went, does it, doesn't it feel like it's running better? I think it's running better. It feels <laughs> good. And we just went into day six and, and Tara Lynn, um, Petterlet, who has won this event with Nina two years in a row now and has, she's, she's won it five times now, four times. Um, She is an excellent navigator. She and I talked at the end of the day and she talked about there's that day for a rookie when the map comes to life, where it's like three-dimensional and it's like it comes to life 
and you're reading the map in a new way, like you've never read it before, that was day six. For me, anyways, day six was just magic. The chemistry we had was really good. Our communication was excellent. Jenna's driving was top notch. We made some really smart decisions not to do some of these crazy hill climbs when I could find us a little route that would go around because we were talking about vehicle preservation at this point. Like just thinking three steps ahead, which we hadn't been doing in the very right. beginning, and managing our time exceptionally well. There was one checkpoint, right, where we decided not to quit. We couldn't be a hundred percent sure. Yeah, that this was that day by the by the train tracks. We couldn't be a hundred percent sure we were in the right place. It was really hard to to triangulate exactly where we were versus where this checkpoint was. And we were weighing whether or not to take a wide miss, risk a wide miss, or to click. We decided not to. We went, I don't know, about three hundred meters, and both of us went. I think we should go back and click. So we did. We turned around. We went back. We clicked. We didn't get full points. We got partial points, but we were in the right place. We listened to our gut. We went to the right place. We ended up doing the X, both X routes that day because we were managing our time so well. And we didn't want to miss out on that beautiful Mojave. Right. So beautiful. So gorgeous. Like, so beautiful. The regular route was like kind of just like down through the washy flat part. And like the X route took you up through this beautiful canyon. The bunkers of the mountains. So gorgeous. So nice. And we just, you know what? It was the day for us where everything fell into place and everything felt so good. And we were getting everywhere we needed to go and getting out of these very complicated washes where it was really easy to get turned around. A lot of teams, you know, would split at an unseeming fork that you thought maybe was parallel tracks, but this one would end up right. taking them way on. And we just were take we were picking the right route every time <laughs> everything was looking great we jam on our uh on our transit to glamis we got the gas station we had the gas station, we hit the gas station got a and w milkshakes which was like the so best good. cheeseburger and milkshake i've ever had in my life i was like they're stopped for like half an hour what's going on little did i know it's milkshake <laughs> milkshake yeah well that's that classic grace technique everybody remembers that oh, and at that gas station one of the one of the staff members came up to us and asked me do you happen to have some two really large wrenches and i'm like pulling out my tool we had more tools than most of the staff members did and if we're, I'm pulling out the tool roll. Jenna's getting us burgers. We're helping a staff member get back on route. Like I play, repaired the uh, the milkshake machine. Yeah, and uh, W. Yeah, we it's get, temperamental. We we get on the road. We transit to Glamis. It's a long drive, and we're you know yeah. it's pavement. It's highways the whole way. It, this is not about anything difficult. It's just about get us to Glamis as, as efficiently as possible. We get to Glamis, we air down, we don't have a lot of time. We decide we're going to go after this one blue checkpoint. <laughs> we have no idea how we're going to navigate in the dance. We're both kind of petrified. We start up this, like, we start, like, we get into the area and we just, like, like, well, I guess let's go up on top of this one. And we get on this one and we're like, ah, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> And so we go, like, ooch our way back down and we're like, no. 
why don't we stick with the flats and the washes yeah. and then we'll <laughs> cut in farther. Yeah. yeah which we do and then it is a melee there are rebel cars going in every oh, direction <laughs> there's cars going this way and that way and up and down and there's 20 cars in this one little area all hunting for this one blue checkpoint and everybody seems to be frothing at the mouth and trying to find it and like kind of freaked out that like they can't find it like no way like really freaked out everybody is pissed off and everybody's rolling down their windows going can you find it we don't know where it is Mm -hmm. we decide we hunt for it for a little while and decide okay we're just gonna go to be ourselves out here like they're feeling we've we've had this amazing day we've gotten to glamis and now we feel like we've never done this before in our lives for the next day right and we have dinner that night with other teams who felt the same way, and we all are thinking, well, tomorrow's going to be a disaster. We- the- tomorrow's going to suck. Like, how are we going to find anything? Like, we're this was supposed to be an easy one on the way to base camp. We couldn't even find that. Couldn't it. even find that. And we're like, thinking, glass is going to be terrible. We're not going to find a single thing yeah. all day. We're going to be stuck and lost in the middle of the dunes. That's right. what we were worried about. So we had a plan for Glamis that we were going to meet up with Team Ufta and Red-Handed Rebels. We were going to be a threesome. You're allowed to go three yeah. together in yeah. the dunes for safety. And you're allowed to team up. And we have this plan. And then we get our starting numbers. And we're all over the map. Everybody is starting at totally different times. Yeah. So we're all feeling really dejected. We're feeling like, oh, this day is going to be terrible. What an awful way to end the rebel rally. Why do they make us ending glamis? It's going to be awful. <laughs> we get up the next morning, and I am no joke. I'm plotting out the points for the day. I'm plotting blues and blacks and greens. I'm plotting everything. And I have tears rolling down my face. I think out of exhaustion, but I am so anxious about the dunes. And I am so, I'm, I'm plotting them in my head thinking, what the fuck is the point? I'm not even going to find any of these. Why am I even bothering to plot them? Like, this was the attitude I went into the day with. And instead, happily, the day turned around almost instantly. Got in the car. Well, we decided to take the tire off the roof. That's a good idea. Reducing weight in the dunes, especially up top. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. So we take the tire. And fully move on. And wasn't that blue checkpoint that nobody could find? Didn't, in fact, a sand person steal it? It, it was never set up. It was never set up to begin with. And the that felt very bad about it. Oh, it felt it was very controversial. Oh, boy. Um, seven years, and that had never happened before, but it happened that day. So, so everybody was feeling really anxious. Oh. But, you know, anyhow, we would have found it had it not been for that. So I had been there. Yeah, yeah. but we didn't know this yet. <laughs> like that one team. Yeah, Papoose Flats down there. <laughs> yeah, right down there. Yeah, you guys should go down that way. It's right over there. You didn't see it. It's right back there. Those guys aren't even in the round. They were in a side by side. Wait a second. <laughs> so, so Glamis starts, and we're hoping to meet up with these other teams that have left way before us. Yeah. We're hoping to go find them. But our strategy setting up for the day, because we were both feeling kind of panicked, and I could tell Eliza was very flustered. It was like, you know, let's just try to find the first one. First one of the blue. Let's just let's just stick to the round. And cut it off of the round and like not I didn't and like where like, base camp forum was located. All of the washes are numbered. And yeah, you know right. the base camp four is at twenty four, and I'm looking on the map and I it was like magic. I finally figured out how they're labeled on the map, and I'm yeah. like, oh, 
Oh, it's like this. Okay, I think we should go up to wash 20. And we'll cut in at this degree. And we're going one kilometer in. That's not bad. And sure enough, we go in. And it was almost like we drew a straight line to this thing. We see it. We go up around. We go a little bit past it. We yeah. find a way to cut in. We swoop in. It's by this burnt out old car. I don't get stuck. She doesn't get stuck. She picks these beautiful lines. All of the sand training we had in the spring is starting to come back to us a little bit. And are you aired down? We are we're aired down to 50. Well, that's pretty low. Uh, yeah. Low. We're aired, like we got big flat. Yeah. Those Maxxis uh, and all that sidewall tread no. on those Maxxis tires. I have to say. Perfectly separate. I have to say they performed beautifully in every piece of terrain we encountered. Yeah. And your bead locked on with the with so the we're wheel. Good about so you don't that. need to worry about flipping the bead. Yeah, we're we're feeling it's good about that. It's nearly impossible to get that bead to set, so there's no way it's coming back up. <laughs> <laughs> so at that checkpoint, we meet up with Team Ufta. Great. So now we've got two of us together. Power in numbers, right? Because yep. we get stuck. You don't want to be digging alone. That's, you never dig alone. So we head back out of the wash and we start heading up to the corner because we got to cut across the north side of Glamis and go down the other side. And we run into our other team, the orange jeep, the red-headed rebels. And they roll down their window and yeah. they look at us and they go, did you guys find that? <laughs> said, yeah. And they said, oh, we didn't find it. And the Aww. look on their face, yeah. they, were, they were really defeated. And we had just felt that way half an hour earlier. Right. right. But now we were riding this high of like, hey, we found a checkpoint, right? <laughs> and so we said, do you want us to take you back to it? And they were like, well, I mean, we don't want to do that. Want... And we were like, no, it only took us 10 minutes to get here from that checkpoint. Let's go back. It's so... a 20-minute detour. Yeah. Let's go. So they were like, really? I said, yeah. So all three cars turn around and go back to checkpoint one. And we beeline it right to it. They go collect their checkpoint. And we all start going, okay, so now everybody feels so good about the day. We're feeling good about, we did this twice. Yeah. <laughs> we're feeling good about that. And we start going and we find checkpoint two. And then from checkpoint two, it's take a bearing, go a distance. We we almost get into a dicey situation with the Jeep, but they get themselves out of it. And we find checkpoint three. Great. Now we're looking, we're taking a bearing. We head out to checkpoint four. Wait, wait, wait. We haven't gone far enough. I don't think this is our checkpoint. There was a blue flag out there, but it wasn't our checkpoint. We learned our lesson. We decide to go back out go around, come in from a different way, find the proper checkpoint. Like everything we've learned from the last seven days is falling into place. It is beautiful. And we have this team of women who are all contributing. We're getting out of the car. We're saying, okay, I think it's 1.3 kilometers that way. And okay, great. Uh, it looks to me like we can maybe go in this way. If we follow this ridge, I get this bearing. It was a thing of beauty. And... Somewhere around checkpoint seven, I think, we come over this crest and around, and we see our other friends in the X Cross Division stuck. Oh, they no. are totally buried in the bottom of this little bowl, and our blue checkpoint is right above them. So we all swoop up, go collect our blue checkpoint, get the cars to a safe place. We all grab shovels and max tracks and come open it down the hill. <laughs> and I even hip checked Kristen out of the way. I was like, Mo, I'm going to help you. We start taking them out. We get them clear. We put the max tracks under. We're giving direction. We've got four women pushing from the back and we get them out and they're crying and we're all excited. 
then we hoof it back up to our car. <laughs> and it just was this day. It was so much fun. We collected almost every single thing we went after, shy of 15, which mm -hmm. we tried for almost 45 minutes to an hour to get and had to give up on because we didn't go far enough. Anyways, it ended up being a spectacular day. Yeah. And at towards the end of the day, the contour is disappearing. The sun is beating down on us. We cannot see the sand. Uh, we can't see how steep anything is. Uh, it's hot. We're worried about the car starting to get warmer than usual. We are. Gonna... We have gone through three gallons of water and have not peed yet. Like we are. It's so. It was a hundred yeah. degrees. Yeah. And we decide. Okay, we've had enough of looking for anything over here. We're going to go around and there's this like playground in the small dunes, what, what Emmy called the poopy dunes. Yeah. There is a playground over there where there are five checkpoints that we can get out of order. And we decide we're going to go in there. We're going to collect whatever we can in there and then get out. So getting in there. Oh, and this was after we found the ice cream truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the milkshake runs. Ice yeah, cream yeah, trucks. Yeah. Famously, I think we all know that uh, that uh, that uh, Formula One way. So Max Verstappen pulled over to quickly get a milkshake. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's uh, he was just so far ahead, you know. Yeah. 1996 well, Africa Rally, yeah. Carlos Sainz yeah, falls in for an ice cream bar. <laughs> ice cream bar. That year, in this day, we had been on this road. <laughs> and it was, there was like a campground loop that was off, not where we were going. And we weren't really allowed to drive on the pavement on those roads. And so we were supposed to stay off of them. Anywho, we see not one, but two ice cream trucks <laughs> making the loops with their little... Are they playing the music? Let's <laughs> the music. And, and we're, we're going to jump it back down. down. We get that we've all dug out cash. We're like, come on, we'll get ice cream. Get that, guess. Get over here. And they just drove away. Oh, no. And so then later in the day, we come to this... We had to go uphill at the top of Osborne Outlook. Yeah. For anybody who's been to Glamis, it's Overlook. Overlook. Osborne Overlook, and up at the top is a blue flag that we have to collect. Yeah. But we're on the wrong side, and there's a bunch of Jeeps blocking our way. So we jump out. We walk over to the checkpoint to oh. click it. But before that, we had to get up that hill. We had to get up that hill. Oh, that hill. Yeah. Oh, that hill that was, at this time of day, everything was soft. Yeah. And you couldn't tell how steep it was. Everything looked flat, but it was... Really, really steep. So, so on the sand highway. Quick, it's so steep. Quick question. Yeah. So, did you did you reconnect with the ice cream we'll man? Get there, we'll get there. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. She's getting to the so, okay. Is the ice cream? We we get to this like we're on the main like what they call the sand highway. Well, maybe it's not really. It's the parallel road that parallels the paved road it and parallels seventy eight. Yeah, and so you just like. You know, mostly it's relatively flat and, lump, you know, there's lumps and, you know, you are still going up, but it's not like soft dunes. It's like, right. but this was, this was a crazy, crazy hill. hill. Down that hill? I don't I remember going down that hill. So, anyway, I had that same conversation with everybody. Yeah, to get up to the road, or to get up to, like, like, to stay on this just main path around the perimeter of the park, she's got this crazy hill. And, like, we get to the bottom of the hill, there's a Two cars at the top digging out with max tracks, like or it oh basically at the top like they've they've come up all with, these like, cars done. Done. Our jeep um, that was with us was like they went they up went and up. had to back all the way. Well, they gave a crazy loop. Then they they did a, got up and then they had to like loop, loop draw all the way back down. Yeah, it was like, great. Point, make it to the top and then they yeah. And we so, finally get our whole trio up. Yeah, 
and safe and go up to Osborne Overlook. Mm-hmm. And while I'm out getting a blue checkpoint, up comes the ice cream. Yeah. Is that enough cash to buy ice creams for him? <laughs> now, That's how you won the rebel rally. <laughs> now, I have to interject because this is not our first ice cream experience at Glamour. No, so uh, we camped in the Imperial Dunes on our way to Baja one oh, yeah. year. Yeah. And uh, we camped in two series Land Rovers, uh, an 88 and a Dormobile. And it was like, I'm going to say six o'clock in the morning and it's foggy and there's just, you know, you're at Glamis and it's one of those days where like no one's out there. And if you're, it's, it's one of those places where if no one's out there, it really does seem quite remote. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's, there's just sand for miles, you know? And so we we kind of wake up at this like early time and there's just, it's foggy there and there's just, there's no one around for miles and you can't see anything because of the fog. And we just hear this like ice cream truck music <laughs> through the fog and we're like, what is happening? Out of <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I'm like, what is going on? Because you can't see, you can't even see the truck. You just hear the music in the fog and you're just like... <laughs> Yeah, it was, a, it was a little terrifying. Linus actually got a video of it. But uh, that that's interesting. Those guys just must, like, like inhabit the dunes the, in those ice cream trucks. Ice cream truck uh, killer. That's yeah, right. everybody knows that there's guy. A, I mean, yeah, there's at least two, probably three. I mean, they kept coming to base camp later, too. They did, yeah. They did mm-hmm. playing that pop goes. And, well. like, our next checkpoint was Turkey, down oh. maybe down? three quarters of a kilometer, but then cutting back in and up onto this little ridge and jenna and i are both doing it i'm not getting any ice cream on the map driving <laughs> one hand i dropped this on me in my lap but i recover it yeah it's yeah. <laughs> all over it yeah. but we don't care it was the yeah. best ice cream ever yeah and so you guys then came into base camp no no so first one more before we come into base camp i know we're going really long and this is like an overpowered hour today but just <laughs> hang on for one second so, yeah this is a two we episode come around into the poopy dudes to and we decide we're going to go after a checkpoint and we cannot figure out a way in through these crappy dudes yeah, yeah so i call them the shitty days they're the shitty days yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and we cannot figure out our way in we're trying to like, okay, we're going to go 700 meters and then I'm going to turn here and then we're going to go 50 meters and then we're going to turn to then start trying to log it. Trying to like log it and finally we're just like, okay, we know we need to go in that direction. So Jenna has to take us way over this way and then we start cutting back in. And we're in a convoy of three, so every time I take a slightly wrong path, or like all itching backwards to try to let me out of the pocket. Right, and Jenna and I are just going on hunches at this point. (laughs) I know the general direction that we need to go, and we've got two cars behind us, and we're leading the pack. And we pull up at one point, everybody's beside us, and one of the other cars says, I really think it's that way. And I said, no, I'm positive about this. We need to go more this way, and then we're going to cut up and in, and I, it's going to be there. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, just, just go with me. And we're driving and I'm telling Jenna, okay, I think when you can, we're going to start going this way. Okay. Okay. But the certain back, we're going to keep going this way a little bit more. I purely, I mean, I was reading a bit of landscape, but it's hard in Glamis because the, the wind changes a lot of things frequently. And sure enough, we come into this clearing and there about 
1,200 meters ahead of us is this blue flag at the bottom of about a 50-foot dune that is absolutely glorious. And it's like there's a sunbeam. (laughs) (laughs) Angels are singing. Clouds. Everybody's honking their horns and everybody's got hands out the windows. Everybody's freaking out. And we get to that dune. We all get out and we all take pictures around where it's that checkpoint, that blue flag. And we all take pictures around it. We're all celebrating. We're like, let's go get one more. And instead of coming back to the flat area and going back up, which is what we should have done, we're trying to find a path from this blue one to this blue one. We're trying to find a path across. I know the mountain in the distance. We think we can, we've got something great to take a bearing off of. We start going up, and it starts getting really crappy really fast. And we are on the verge of getting three cars into a really hairy situation. <laughs> And we kind of get to this one place. We get out to assess, to pick our path. How are we going to get out of here? We're kind of committed to going forward now. We can't really get back out or we're going to get stuck. So what's the best path forward? And as we're standing on this hill, one of the Rivians comes flying up behind us and gets themselves lodged in the sand. Yeah, they come sort of like a slightly diagonal trail. Kind of down lower than us, and we watch this thing just get totally buried. (laughs) Those things are so heavy. They're so heavy. Those girls drove it amazingly, but it's not the best truck in the sand. And they get out, and they are extremely good at this because they've been doing it all day. They start putting max tracks under every wheel, and they start building a little sand highway. We're up above them, and we're, we yell down, do you guys need help? And she says, no, I think we got it. We don't feel good about leaving them, so we stay around for another minute or two. Like, we're going we're gonna to make sure you're okay before we leave. And they go to pull forward, and they get stuck again. And we're like, we're taking out a Rivian. Here we go. And we hike it down the hill. And I mean, those Max tracks were like getting buried. Every time they would lose a Max track, it would just wedge itself. Yeah, feet up the, I had the bigger metal shovel that we used as a hood prop, and I would just jam it down in the sand and like try to wedge yeah. it out of the Anyway. Well, a thousand horsepower can send Max yeah, tracks it does. the sand oh, frequently. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. So we helped them out for quite a while half an hour maybe and then they got to a place a little higher up where it was a little more packed and we're and one of our teammates is yelling down from the top we gotta go because they were gonna time out they were gonna time out on base camp on the finish line so we all get in our cars and jenna has walked ahead and realized there's a witch's eye here and there's a big ridge here and jenna has picked this track to get out made little footprints (laughs) 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 and jenna like just like like this this guardian angel gets all three cars out easy and safe and nobody gets stuck not one of our convoy got the whole, stuck the whole day i almost got this once once stuck. once and she got in into low locked but those dips i was the got us out on the back of that soft dune well, that, yeah, that, that, too. that too i i, I there was a there was a burning rubber that one yeah i missed that video footage up here <laughs> anyways and we pull up, we're, we're half a kilometer out from base camp, and we decide to come in as a trio, all three of us yeah. in a line. Very cool. Driving in. Very Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got a Bronco, yeah. a Jeep, and a Land Rover all coming yeah. in together. As God intended. And we all yeah. come in and, uh, and then get into line. Like, it, yeah. it was yeah. a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. And and, and cool. we finished the Rebel rally, and we were crying, and it was 
wonderful and we were too survived. We, uh, when we uh, saw you guys cross the line we were driving out here to uh, to meet you guys both Ike and uh, and I in separate vehicles but we were watching the live feed and uh, yeah we all broke out in cheering and then <laughs> and then not that long after you guys actually called us which was the first time we talked to you and yeah, we got our phone Dave at the finish yeah. line they take yeah. your prohibited items they, they open it up they make sure that you haven't access them the whole time and yeah. give them back to you and so we called you guys like half an hour after we crossed the morning. what an absolutely amazing <laughs> experience uh we all us here and everyone who listens to the uh, show and follows the social and is a part of the internet to a certain degree has been along with you and it has been amazing but for those people who want to continue the journey uh with you as we return to our normal rivet counting uh, programming here on the end of powered hour and follow along with you guys on uh, Overland Her, where you will recount uh, in much more detail all of the uh, different days, talk about uh, maybe what uh, you would have done differently, what you're doing to prepare for uh, for the next event. So the big question, I think, is uh, are you going to do it again next year? Well, Liza texted me a little bit ago, so I should just decide to say. I can't wait to see the photo package and uh, well, some of the video. Of yeah, that have come out already that are yeah. part of our package are breathtaking. Really excellent. And within 10 to 15 days, we should get even more. So I have months worth of content to slowly put out okay. on our channel. So definitely follow us at Overland underscore her. And um, I'll, 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 you know, reveal a lot of the, the photos and a lot of the, the stuff that we got over time and, We'll start documenting all the prep that we're going to do for next year. We learned a lot of lessons. We have a lot of takeaways. A lot of wagon shopping. Oh, yeah. You have a sweet wagon. We finished 29th this year, which, you know, we came into this with the intention of A, finish, and B, learn as much as we can. Don't don't try to be so competitive that you get hung up and and have a, a lousy time the experience to learn as much as we can and to ex- have the best uh, rally that we possibly could. And I think we did that. And we had such a great attitude the whole time, even the morning that I was having a panic attack, we had a really great experience. And so, you know, we learned a lot of things that we can change for next year to be more competitive. And, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll continue setting realistic goals. We're not going to win this thing overnight. Most of these competitors that make the podium have been doing this for many, many years. Some of them seven or more. With the event. And so, you know, as rookies coming into it, we try to absorb as much as we possibly could. And so we're going to set some realistic goals for the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations. That was a wonderful uh, story. And I was just, you know, kind of fills in the blanks from when we were watching on the map. Like, what happened? You know, what happened out there? Yeah, it's just every time it's a milkshake. Well, (laughs) they need to do cutaways to the watch parties. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Happy to do. Yeah, people are just like, yeah, what? 
what? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and uh, and we are going to be at a number of different events that uh, that we're working on through the end of this year and into uh, yeah. We'll, we'll put that information on Instagram as we get more. Absolutely. Details. So if you see uh, if you see uh, Jenna or Eliza uh, or the defender at an event, come up and say hello. Please. Uh, you know, get a tiny Ike. We've got to get a tiny Ike and some uh, rally gear. Yeah, the girls are only going to appear uh, with their helmets on. Oh, I like it. I like it. It is now. So, you wash that foam? No, no, Some helmets, the foam is removable and you can wash it. They not grow it. Oh, yeah, you can wash it. You just have to power. I think you just shower with the helmet on. to donate our helmets. Maybe yeah. we can talk them into some fresh. Yeah, there are some there are some days where our heads were real sweaty, real sweaty. Yeah, it may be washable, but it's beyond that. Yeah, I'm really sorry. But... The smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that truck. That truck is officially mine now, yeah. not because. It's got my name on it, but because you don't want it back. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't no, want no. it back. It's no, real. enjoy. Default. Yeah, just default ownership. Well, that's it for us. We'll be uh, back again uh, with a uh, show uh, next week. Uh, is uh, We are here every week with the show. So, Thank you. You guys, um, you, you were our, you were all over the car. Uh, everybody loved the Underpowered Hour name. We were talked about on the live show. Uh, we gave out a ton of stickers to every competitor and every uh, uh, staff member that we could. And I I can wholeheartedly say we could not have done this event without both of your support, your love, your understanding, your dedication to helping us succeed. So thank you. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, we had a ton of fun. And uh, I, can't, uh, I can't wait. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I know exactly what it is. Are you listening to? I know, I, I know exactly what it is. So your your dad is frustrated; he can't sleep, so he's decided to turn the sprinklers on us. Get off my porch! Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, on, on that note, uh, it's uh, back again to our regular scheduled uh, underpowered hour content, and head on over to uh, over or, uh, Overland underscore her to get more uh hard-hitting and fast-paced uh rebel rally, rally coverage coverage uh prep for next year great stories and uh yeah we'll uh we'll see you guys uh out on the trail as like uh, says after our naps everybody's gonna have a nap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you soon The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.